and welcome to podcast number three for Outside the Comfort Zone. I am the creator of Outside the Comfort Zone. My name is Robin Howe. I interview different coaches in the world of personal or life coaching to get their perspectives on coaching, life, and what's outside of their comfort zones. I'm thrilled to be accompanied by April Corbett from April Corbett Inc. A little about April. She is multifaceted. She's gone through many career changes from self-employed owner-operator to business partner in other ventures, all the way back around to working with a team of people. She is an endless fountain of ideas wanting to be realized. Most recently, she's worked in finance, mortgages precisely, and have been coaching around money, credit, and budgeting for the past 10 years. She is transitioning into working with people in a more supportive environment, inclusive of their entire lives, rather than specifically just finance. She is moving towards working with people from a place of being rather than doing. She just launched her first ebook all about credit and how it works, and she has a few more books that she has started. Thank you for joining me here today, April. Thanks for having me, Robin. It's great. I'm super excited. Awesome. Should we get right into it? Sure. Let's go. Okay, cool. <laughs> April, what's your story? How did you come to be a coach? Well, I, I think it started when I was working primarily in the beginning of my career with mortgages. And when you start out like that, because you're commission-based and you have to go find your own business, I was looking for a niche. And I quickly realized that um, people, um, a lot of people are super messed up with money. So for me, it was a really natural place to go to start teaching people about money and credit and budgeting because it all feeds into mortgages. You can't get a mortgage unless you're looking after the rest of your financial plan. Certainly, it's even more true now than it was 10 years ago. With people's finances and their money, their stories around money, where do you find that people get stopped with, with their finances and money in general? Well, I think it I mean, I think it's a couple of things. I see um, generationally, because I have dealt with over the years many families in a row, generationally how habits are learned and then not changed. So that's part of it for sure. Part of it is there's, there's, some, there's a value bit around it too, what people think they're worth, at least from what I can see, because they will say, this is what I want, and yet they will do something in direct contrast to what they tell you they want. So that leads me to believe that, you know, there's some pretty old stories about um, either not deserving or, or actually people telling themselves they can only have so much. Mm. Yeah. I notice with um, a couple of clients that I have that they, their relationship to money is like, um, it's kind of like uh, complicated and, um, like there's just so much to know about it and there's credit and investing and saving and um, kind of like, you know, the biggest thing that might even be holding people back could be the fact that they don't have something as simple as um, even a budget. Um, do you find that, that the people that you run into have similar scenarios like that, that they just, it's just kind of money is complicated yeah, and I think that, and it is actually complicated, to be fair. Money is super complicated. And I think people's reaction to it is often they freeze. It's the deer in the headlights. I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything. Mm. And the idea of a budget to people is 
horrifying for most people. It's like being on a diet. I'm going to starve. I'm going to not get what I want. It's my money. I deserve to spend it. So that's the approach to just putting people on a budget actually doesn't work. It does the opposite. I find it's more about, um, much like the piece about coaching is okay. So what do you want? So when you can really get people focused on what it is they want, the reward, mm-hmm. then they tend to will will make little changes that are simpler to make than saying, okay, you make $5,000 a month. You're only getting two because the rest is going to debt or savings or whatever. That just typically doesn't work for people. You have to really latch on to their why. Mm. Right. And so it's kind of like getting them a little more inspired around money is, is something that I'm hearing or. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's that getting them inspired as in, in getting them to invest in their own goal first. So they have to, they have to, they have to critically believe that it's something they want. Then they have to learn that it's something they can get. Mm. And then they have to make the little steps and people are super impatient around money. And I find that more now than I did certainly even in the beginning of um, when I started my career of in mortgages, like people now want everything right now. And part of that is because, you know, the Joneses have it and everybody else has it. So there's this belief that everybody's doing much better than me. Mm. It's simply not true. So that's part of the coaching is, is getting people kind of grounded again, where they can actually look at it and say, Oh, okay. So that might not be true. That guy over there isn't doing so much better than me. And in my experience, the answer to that is likely no. Mm-hmm. He's not doing better than you. Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of already know the answer to this question. Uh, the first part of the question is, what kind of people do you work with? Um, uh, and then, well, let's just start there. What kind of people do you work with? Um, I work with a lot of women, actually, Um and that's partly because that I draw that because that's what excites me is women trying to get their feet under them and trying to sort out oftentimes out of a divorce uh, where maybe the husband looked after everything and now they're kind of scrambling trying to figure out how to balance or the divorce was super expensive and then they've got to start again. Um, and funny enough, students lately, I've been attracting students and I think that that simply because I have that money piece and I think it's students is somewhere that they definitely um, struggle mm. when you're a student. Yeah, it's, it's tough to be a student, even if you are supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my daughter's about to head um, away to university in less than, well, three weeks-ish. And, uh, you know, she's got her whole world ahead of her. And a lot of student debt um, could be piling up soon. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. do you, what is one um, piece of advice that you would give to, to somebody who's just starting out? Credit, learn credit, learn how it works because credit has become this huge thing in society now that you can't even barely rent an apartment without having half decent credit. Applying for jobs, working for the government, uh, police forces, you know, everyday homeowners that want to rent their apartment can even pull your credit. So credit is so important now and getting more important all the time. There's new government rules coming in about lending and that's all going to be tied into credit. It's actually going to cost you more money. And that is a fact for everything you do if your credit is bad. Yikes. 
<laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, I think that understanding what that really looks like is super important for young people, um, in particular in terms to credit and how credit works, just so they have an understanding of it. Even if they're, even if they're, you know, not in a great spot, at least they'll know the steps they need to take as soon as they are in a better spot. Because that's often what happens. Kids go to school, they get into debt, they don't pay attention, they don't pay bills, and then they're upside down. And now it takes literally seven years to fix that. Mm. So I- it's super important going in if you know what you're doing. She's definitely going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to make her. <laughs> um, what is the change that you're making in the world? What's your vision for this beautiful planet? I really want to see women become more empowered. I want them, I really want to see women become more leaders in the world. Like, I really want to support women that want to be leaders, whatever that means to them. If that means, you know, the leader of a company, then great. If it means starting a movement, a grassroots movement, great. If it means starting a huge nonprofit, excellent. I just really want to see women step out and lead. I think we're seeing, um, I think we're seeing the result in the world of women stepping up everywhere. If we look, and we're also seeing the result of women not stepping up. So I think and I, it's not that I think men are bad. I just think that women need a louder voice. Their, their, their view on the world is just different. Not better or worse, just different. What, and, and, you know, I, I don't like to come back to, like, what's the one thing, but where do you see some things that women um, – what are, what are some positive impacts that women are making as they step into this leadership role? And where do you see some other places where – we could step up further? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, um, and I'll start with step up further. I think that women's rights are actually in a very tenuous spot right now because I think that we could, we actually, (laughs) we're actually on the edge of going backwards. If you look at what's happening in the States with the right to, to abortion rights and that kind of thing. So I think that that's where women could step up more. I think we need to get louder about what's important to women Mm. um, and change how, how we're doing it because we're not men. So it is done differently. We do it with words. We do it, we, we speak up differently. And of course, you know, you're talking about that and it's not like I'm a huge, um, you know, woman's right pusher, but I think about Gloria Steinem and her methods over the years for everything that she's changed for women's rights. And I think we need about 50,000 more Gloria Steinems is what I think we need. So in certainly in terms of leadership, women just leading in the world. And I, I just personally like her style, mm-hmm. um, very non-confrontive, but tough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I start calling you Gloria then? No. <laughs> I would never put myself in the same category as her. I, I want to empower women to do great things. It's not, um, I want to I help women see their, their power. Because mm. I think that oftentimes we dampen our light in, in face of um, raising children or having husbands or, you know, trying to do everything. I think we dampen our own our, our own light, the thing that really makes us genuinely great. We dampen that in, in the face of looking after others. 
And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. It's just we have to remember how to turn it back on when the kids are grown up. And, and that's why I'm particularly interested in women in my age group because mm-hmm. I think you go through this big change in your 50s beyond menopause. It's just a big change. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that, that's, um, it's inspiring to see somebody like, well, you, wanting to really call women forth to the power that they have within them. And what a, um, what a stand to take in this world to have us, to have the world a better place in that there's like, you know, I, I guess I kind of see it like, like you said, it's women do it differently. Like it's not, it's not better or worse. It's just that we have a different way of approaching it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what can we, what can the world be with that extra bit of power? Not bit, but a lot of power if we could bring that mm-hmm. forward. Thanks, mm-hmm. for being that, thanks for being that person in the world. <laughs> well, I think you're that person too, Robin. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So I think we, I think we all have it in us. And I think that together when we connect um, together and inspire each other, I think that's really, that's the start of it. That's mm-hmm. the flicker that starts just before the flame. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, coming back to the clients that you have, what are the breakthroughs that you see in the clients that you have, that you have? It's so funny because the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that is that it's the simple things. What I hear often from my clients is like, oh, that's so obvious. Now I get it because I think that what happens is we get looking at the big picture all the time and we, we forget like every... And I think that's part of how our society is set up. But whatever the case, it doesn't matter. I think that we get this whole big picture thing going on and we forget the little things that we can do to look after ourselves or the little things that we can do to propel ourselves forward or the tiny solutions. I think that we're living in a, in a world right now where everything has to be bigger, better, faster. And I think what I'm seeing in people is they're recognizing that it doesn't have to be huge to make a big difference in your world. Mm. Um, what do you want to speak to that you think is important to know about transformation? That it's not always fun. It is not a freaking joy ride. It's more of a, it's more of a roller coaster in the sense that if you really don't like roller coasters and it might, you might get a little fun out of it, but mostly it's, it's, it is not easy. It's, um, it's work. And, and it's worthy work. It's, it's important work. Um, I mean, and it's such a big transformation is it's, it is a big thing. And all I can, I have this vision in my head of a snake coming out of its skin Mm. and you watch a snake. I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you've ever watched a snake come out of their skin, it's, it's no easy task. Like they've got a, they got a lot going on. Right. And so transformation is much like that. And it's not like the whole thing's hard. It's really quite beautiful. And it is work. And I think that the thing I want people to know is, is that don't stop at the hard bits. It's the hard bits you have to get through to get the beautiful bits. And actually someone said that to me recently, like two days ago. <laughs> yeah, so, so it, it, it is true. And it's worth it. Because what's on the other side, even if you can't see it, it's generally, well, I, I would... I don't want to say always because always is one of those definitive words, but mm-hmm. it's generally far, far better than where you are. 
mm-hmm. and you'll never go back. Once you've transformed something, you'll never go back to doing or being the same way. Right. So it's a little bit like a breakthrough, right? It's like you're, yeah, you sort of realize that now, oh, wow, I had that. And now I'm going to do this something a different way. And it was kind of crappy before, and now it's going to be practice. That's how I'm looking at it, at least, um, Mm -hmm. to... But it's also um, tangible now, whereas before it was like, forget about it. Like, I'm going to be like that forever because that's all I never knew how, knew how to do. You sound and, like, oh, go ahead. And I was just going to say about that, just to add to that, and it's a slippery slope because once you get on the other side of whatever it is you're transforming, we quickly forget that that was something we transformed and that because it becomes a part of our being. Once we've practiced it enough to take it on board, we forget. So I think that, and certainly for myself, I lack um, the ability sometimes to remember and I forget all the work I've done before. So that's mm-hmm. super important to remember about transformation as well, is just to remember that you took a lot of gains getting where you are. Mm-hmm. Is there something, is there a place in your life that you've transformed that you can see where you were before and now you're on the other side of it? And what was the experience that you had? Yeah, I think there's, yeah, there's lots of stuff actually. Um, I'm trying to think. I struggled with depression for a long, long time. So I think that now it just occurs differently for me now. I wouldn't say that depression is um, cured, so to speak. But what I would say about it is because my, because my view on it is different, my take on it is different, I can see it coming. I know the things to put in place to look after myself. So it becomes a completely different experience. Whereas depression before meant literally under the covers for three months, you know, just hiding out. And now it means, oh, okay, I'm slipping. What do I need? What do I need to do to take care of myself in this? So it's just a different way of handling the same thing because we don't actually get rid of anything. Mm. We just change how we view it. Mm-hmm. Or how we handle it. You can't see this podcast, people, but April's making faces at me. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. We're at the very last question, and I saved the best question for the last question. So this is a little bit about vulnerability. Um, weren't we just there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say we were just there. But sure, Robin, okay. I'm up for the challenge. Let's hear it. Um, well, as you know, this podcast is called Outside the Comfort Zone. So the last question is about what is outside of your comfort zone. Um, if you were to share something that is really, really outside of your comfort zone that you wouldn't normally share, that you might even be scared to share, what would that be? I think what I would share is that... There have been times in my life when I have been so hopeless that I would have rather died than carried on. And that's a really tough thing for me to talk about because I like to be viewed as being strong. So I don't talk about that a lot because I I, I think I have a belief that it scares people. But it's true. It's part of my being as, as long as I can remember way back, you know, even as a little, little kid, I can remember thinking that not being alive would be a solution. Mm. 
And I think that's true for a lot of people. And I think that we don't talk about it um, as much as we need to. So that would be about my biggest, darkest secret. And you just said it for everybody I to hear. I just said it for everybody to hear. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with me, especially, mm-hmm. and with everybody. Mm-hmm. What, what's available to you now with sharing that? Well, I think that I think that is just one of those things that, you know, that I feel like that I have felt like most of my life um, that I've had to hide. And I have shared it a little bit on very small scales with very, uh, with a very small group of people. Um, So what would be available to me now is just not, which is something I've been working on, honestly, for the last year is not just not keeping it a secret. It doesn't need to be a secret. Um, it's like depression or any other mental health issue. It is something that comes up for people. And I, I'm a firm believer that the people that talk about it are more likely to survive it. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of harkens back to that question that I asked you and you so eloquently put around the power for women that, um, as we share things and it, it could be men or women, but as we share things that are air quotes here, secrets, it actually opens up for further discussion um, and for further people to be um, more aligned or empowered by the things that we share. So when they're secrets, we, there's almost like there's a facade that's going on. But as we share what's going on with us, there's more power there. And then there's more power. I feel more like it's difficult to articulate, but I feel more like in my being when I've shared something that's big, something that I've been keeping a secret, and then I can share it with other people around me. And sometimes it has to do with women, women's stuff or, or worldly things, but there's like more power in it mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my experience of it is a little bit different. I struggle a little bit more with that. Um, and that is simply my history. I know enough about myself to know why I do the things I do. Mm-hmm. And I think that my experience with it is, um, is when I put something out there that I think should be kept secret, it's always uncomfortable for a little while. Mm. And then after a while, that kind of abates, and then I can have access to the power. I don't have access to the power right away. Mm-hmm. Um, And I feel like it would be so great to say that I do, but that wouldn't be honest. I just don't. And so it takes me a while. Um, You know, initially, I remember years ago when I started talking about things that I would have normally kept secret, there was almost like this rope coming out of my mouth and I was quickly trying to pull it back in as I was telling things. But that's not my experience anymore. I'm in my 50s. I am much more open about, you know, who I am and what made me who I am. So I think but I still have a little bit of that. Oh, did I just say that? So, so it does, it is empowering. Yes, I would agree. And it takes me longer to, it takes me a while to get there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I want people to know too, because you know, you, you say things like that and people hear it, I think, and I've certainly experienced this myself listening to other people talk, you say those things and then people think, oh yeah, easy for her. 
And so I really want people to know it's actually not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy for me. And I do it because I have a strong belief that better uh, out than in, because I actually believe these things give you chronic illness. Mm. These things we, we don't share. Right. It's, Mm -hmm. um, I was speaking with my mother today and she was talking about it, um, holding things in her solar plexus. And uh, there's somebody else that I was talking to about that, that we, we end up with all of the stress in the solar plexus and then that causes all sorts of inner issues with the stress that we hold. So yeah, that's. uh, Mm -hmm. And Dr. Christine Northrup talks a lot about that in her books around menopause, Mm. about what we're carrying walking into menopause Mm -hmm. is going to directly affect our experience of menopause. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look that one up. What was her name, Dr. Christine Northrup? Okay. Uh, she's a well-known uh, menopause doctor. She's written, I think she's had seven editions or something of her book. I've read, read the first one. And her daughter, actually, I believe it's her daughter. I'd have to double check, but I believe it's her daughter is kind of a money person. So it's oh. interesting. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, this wraps it up. Any final words that you'd like to say? No, I think I've had lots to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where would people go to find out more about you? This is the time when you get to give a plug. Oh, well, it's super easy to find me on um, my website is April Corbett. So that's A-P-R-I-L-C-O-R-B-E-T-T-I-N-C.com. So it's aprilcorbettinc.com. And you can find me and my eBooks and my little bit of my story and all of that on there. Oh, quick question. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your eBook. Uh, well, I just, I just launched an eBook on credit and it's basically, it's, it's just a very comprehensive guide on how credit works. It just, it, the intention is to educate. I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of misconceptions about how credit works and, and everyone here score, 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 and there's so much more to it than that. Mm. So it's actually not, it's not a big book. It's 20 pages. It's a PDF book. It's simple to read. It's inexpensive. You can get it on my website. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. I think that we don't talk enough about credit and we certainly don't teach our kids. That's a mental note for me. I think I need to... <laughs> Teach, that might be your daughter's, daughter's going away present. <laughs> yeah, your ebook, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure she'll love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she would. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, April, I I want to acknowledge you. Um, if I'm if I may. Sure. Perfect. Uh, I want to acknowledge you today for um coming and being podcast number three. I'm still in the single digits. Oh, my lucky so. number. <laughs> and so uh and coming and sharing with us, well, there was a lot. There was a lot about, you know, we, went, we talked about finances and, mm-hmm. and the things that, um, that people can do, especially um, young people, in order to shape their, their future around credit. Um, we also spoke about power for women. So I really want to acknowledge you for the difference that you're making in the world for women on this planet and, you know, women in general. Um, and I want to acknowledge you for your authenticity uh, and your vulnerability in sharing um, that which is outside of your comfort zone. Um, and I know that that is a, a scary place to to share what you shared around um, 
well, the hopelessness that you felt and, Mm -hmm. and not, you know, everything that was around that. Um, I won't get back into it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, playing with me today and having fun and laughing and, uh, and being a willing uh, candidate for my podcast. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Robin. And I just think this is a beautiful thing you're doing. And I am, as always, loving you and all the things you're bringing to the world. So thank you for having me and talking to me and just being the being that you are. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, so I'd like to extend a big thanks to April today for playing with me today on my podcast. And that's a wrap for from outside the comfort zone. Please be sure to visit onfocuscoaching.ca to check out all my blogs and awesome uh, uh, specials that I have going on over there. And uh, and also, uh, please be sure to sign up for my monthly newsletter. I'm about to send out my very first one tomorrow, so so get on it. <laughs> Yay! And uh, and remember, it's your life, it's your possibility. Let's create. Have an awesome day. Thanks, April. Thanks, Robin.